good to see everybody. Did everybody have a nice Christmas? Yeah. It's hard to believe it's come and gone. There's only 363 days left till Christmas. Something like that anyway. It'll be here before we know it. <laughs> I'm counting down the days to Easter now. This is the church cycle. We look forward to every next big holiday. But I'm so glad you're here tonight, those of you that made it out on a Thursday night. And, um, you know, we're getting ready for 2020, and I'm so excited. The year of miracles, amen. And we are already hearing, like Pastor Paul said, of incredible miracles. Sunday morning, I'm going to share a testimony of someone in our church who had a miracle. I mean, a ridiculous miracle from God. And so, and we've already, we have plenty that are already happening. And so I just can't wait to begin to share all the things that God is doing. So I want you to get your faith up there. I want to get your excitement up there, your expectation. We've been teaching on ridiculous faith. I did two weeks. And so jump on our podcast and uh, listen to those teachings if you miss them or uh, listen to them again and get your faith up there. But we're starting our 21-day fast coming up in January 2nd. And it's okay, you can applaud the fast. We're going to be hungry, we're going to be tired, we're going to start detoxing. Thank you, Jesus, right? This is awesome. But it's also going to be a great time where we're going to get our faith up there. We're going to die to this flesh, we're going to crucify our emotions so that we can expect what God has in 2020. And so I wanted to just visit, um, talking about fasting again, um, we usually do every year. We've spent multiple weeks on it before, um, so you can jump online and listen to past teachings. But I just want to get us ready in a place to uh, understand about fasting, remind us about fasting, and get your expectancy as you fast, okay, coming up. So as I've been talking about the last few Sundays, get your new journals, get your brand new ones, 2020, get your favorite pen that you like to write in in your highlighter, get your Bible out, and we're going to make room for the Lord to speak to us during these 21 days. It's not just about going without food, it's about hearing what God is saying, amen? And so begin to write down, what is the Lord speaking to you? What are your desires from the Lord? What are your visions for 2020, for your marriage, your children, your family, your job, if you own a company, uh, for your ministry role in the church as you serve? Just begin to write down just as big as you can think and just make space for the Holy Spirit to work miracles in your life, amen? And uh, just put them down and, and um, open up your hearts to see what God has to say. I love to follow during our fasting, Jenison Franklin. So if you're not familiar with Jensen Franklin, look him up online, and uh, we'll post it on our Facebook page too. But Jenison Franklin has a 21-day uh, fasting uh, devotional. And I really love his this year's, and the theme is called Open My Eyes. And so he's gonna, he has a whole opening, how to fast, which we're going to talk about tonight, how to get ready for a fast. And then every day, he's going to challenge you for God to open up your eyes and see what God has to see during your fast. And so just get that journal out, print it out. Um, you know, if you don't have a printer at home, take it to somewhere that does. And just get that journal before you with your notebook. Spend a little time in the Word and prayer every day, and just begin to let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Amen. Next Thursday is our midweek service, so we're not meeting on New Year's Day. We're going to have one more Thursday night. That is our first night of prayer. So we do 21 days of prayer, but th or fasting, but three weeks of prayer. So next Thursday night, God has given me a prophetic word that I want to share with our body. So that's going to take place next week. We're going to have worship personal ministry, we're going to pray, and then I'm going to give a prophetic word for what God has for 2020. So next Wednesday, next Thursday, 7 o'clock p.m., okay? 
All right, so let's just get right into the word tonight, and you can uh, take your notebooks out of your pen and take notes um, so that you can really reflect back on this as you get ready for your um, fasting time. I want to open up to the scripture verse Isaiah 58 because this is the, one of the more popular scripture verses on fasting, and it says this, is this not the fast that I have chosen? Now, this is what fasting does. Loose the bonds of wickedness to undo heavy burdens to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Like, I could stop right there on that one verse and go, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to fast just for those four things, amen. The power of fasting is not about just not eating. It's about connecting your faith, getting rid of the flesh so that you can hear what the Spirit has to say. So when you get your flesh out of the way, you now connect your faith to the Word of God, amen. So it's not the not eating, What happens is when you don't eat, you die to your flesh, and your faith is now activated for God to release the miracles in your life. So verse 7, is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you are naked, that you, when you see the naked, you cover him, and not hide yourself from your own flesh? Verse 8, what happens after you're done fasting? Then your light shall break forth like the morning, your healing shall spring forth speedily. See, there's something about when you're fasting and you're crucifying your emotions and your flesh and you're really getting yourself out of the way that faith activates. And if you are in need of a healing, the scripture says that through your fasting, healing breaks forth suddenly. Amen? And that's what you need to cling to if you need that in your life. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. God has you. God's got your back. God's watching over you while you're fasting. Then you shall call, and then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and He will say, "Here I am." What's so wonderful about fasting is that you're now becoming conscious every day of the presence of the Lord. Where we go about our life every day, we have our 24-7s, right? And we just get so busy with our routines and our systems and what we do that we don't usher the Holy Spirit into that 24-7. So we wonder why a week later, a month later, we're not experiencing the manifestation of the Holy Spirit according to the Word of God. It's because we're not being conscious of His presence in our life. So when you begin to fast and dedicate your day to the Lord, I guarantee you, once you start feeling a little hungry, you're going to think about the Holy Spirit, aren't you? Right? Because now you're being aware, like, why am I hungry? That's right, I'm fasting. Why do I want to run and get a cheeseburger? Because I'm fasting, right? And I'm going to teach you how to set up your fasting role in just a minute. But what happens is now you're being aware every day during your fast of inviting the Holy Spirit into your day. Now you're conscious of his presence. Now you're conscious of his anointing. Now you're having ears to hear what the Spirit has to say. Instead of a week going by and you haven't even talked to the Lord during that week because we're so busy. Amen? We're slowing down. So he says, when you fast, you're going to call on me, and I'm going to say, here I am. How easy is that? Amen? And always, the Lord is always there. He never leaves you or forsakes you, but now you're calling unto him. And he's saying, hey, I've been here the whole time. You just didn't call on me, right? So we're going to call on the Holy Spirit in this season. Something the Lord really gave me a revelation of, and I'll probably bring a little video clip Um, in the weeks to come as we move into 2020. But the Lord really took that scripture verse, um, you have not because you ask not. 
And that scripture just became a revelation to me. That's, and, and, and especially during fast, uh, fasting, it's not about begging and pleading. The word of God is yes and amen. Your deliverance, your healing, your breakthrough, it's already done. But the Bible says you don't have it because you simply have not asked. So as I got that revelation in my spirit, I realized I'm not even going to just thank the Lord for it because I'm a th- I go, Lord, I thank you for this. Lord, I thank you for that. But his word says you enter into his gates with thanksgiving. That gets you in his presence and his courts with praise, but you have not because you ask not. Amen? So I begin in this last couple of weeks since I got that revelation, God, I'm asking you for this. I'm asking you for this miracle with an expectation that because you said if I ask, it's going to come to me. My faith connects to that. So as we go into 2020, we're not going to beg. It's not about starving. No, I'm connecting my faith. I'm asking God for this miracle. And God, you said you'll give it to me. I'm asking God for this breakthrough. God, you said you'd give it to me according to your word. Amen. So when you call upon him, he said, I will answer and say, here I am. The last verse says, if you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and the speaking of wickedness. I actually didn't need that verse at all. All right, so let's talk about fasting tonight. As you prepare for your fast, something that I do in preparation of a fast, number one, if you're on medication, you seek doctor permission. Don't just not eat. It's not safe to just not eat. I know you want to put your faith out there and trust God, and that's beautiful, but if you're on medication, There are necessities of food to make sure that you're safe, okay? So if you want to do any form of fasting, ask ask your doctor what is the limitations that you're able to do that so that you don't bring harm. God understands that. So maybe your fasting can simply be sugar, and I'm sure your doctor will say that's okay because we can live without sugar, okay? So use wisdom in that that kind of area. We don't want you to have harm. But for me, I have to mentally prepare for my fast. So even right now, I'm going, oh, God, this whole fast that I'm going to go on, I have to say, okay, I'm preparing my mind that on January 2nd, this is the kind of fast that I'm going to do. And I'll describe some of those in a minute. What I do is I do usually the first seven days, I do a complete fast. When I first started fasting, it was maybe three days of the fast. I just did water, you know, and then, and then the rest of the fast, I would do maybe fruits and vegetables or vegetables or whatever. There's no secret formula. There's no secret formula. It's whatever you want to participate in. So whatever it is, ask the Lord or yourself, what are you going to sacrifice during the 21 days? Maybe it's fast food. Maybe it's sugar. Biblically, it's food. And we'll talk about that in a minute. It's food. It's not time. It's not social media. It is food because we feel food. Amen. That's a scriptural fast. And so ask the Holy Spirit. So you should be doing that right now. And that's what I'm doing. I'm preparing mentally when it comes, this is the kind of fast that I'm going to have. And what do I need to prepare in my cupboard? What do I need to have in the refrigerator? Because if you wait until January 1st to decide, now you got to run to the fries or whatever, you got to figure it out. And you generally are probably going to miss the first part of the fast. And because you miss, you may feel like you missed out. You know how it is. So it's all about preparation. Decide what you're going to do. The second thing that I do, so one, mentally I prepare. Two, I make a decision what kind of fast during that 21 days I'm going to do. The second thing that I do, which once I got somebody taught me this, it really works. I ask the Holy Spirit to give me grace to complete the fast. So I just say, Holy Spirit, I'm committing this fast to you. I ask that you give me grace to finish what's in my heart to do. And I am telling you, it is without fail. When I invite him in to give me grace, I am successful in my fast every time. 
because I'm leaning on the Holy Spirit to help me get through it, right? So invite the Holy Spirit and say, God, give me grace to complete this fast. If you fall off the wagon and you're in midnight hour and you get that Oreo cookie, you're like, ah, it's okay. Just get up tomorrow morning and start over. There's no condemnation, right? It's not about the time frame. It's just about you're going to crucify your flesh within the 21 days, okay? So ask God for the grace, grace to finish it. When Zerubbabel was facing the great mountain and he couldn't, couldn't get around it, couldn't get um, over it, the, the Bible says that God said, shout grace, grace to the mountain Zerubbabel. And when he did, the mountain fell flat before him. So this may seem like a mountain or whatever miracle you want. It seems like a mountain, like how could this ever crumble before me? Grace, grace, God. It's not my works. Your fasting, your works, your sacrifice, that is not moving that mountain. The grace of God is going to move that mountain in your life. Amen? So it's not about you. Say, it's not about me. It's about God in you. It's about connecting your faith to what the promises of God has to say. So fasting biblically, when you study in the book of Jonah, Jonah, um, uh, they begin to fast and pray to break the rebellion. When you study out that Hebrew word fasting, it means this, time set aside to pray. I think I might have that definition, sis, I can't remember. Time set aside to pray with no provisions for one's normal food needs. That is a biblical fast. Time set aside to pray with no provision for one's normal food needs. Keep that screen up there. So let's say you're going to skip breakfast, right? I'm, I'm going to um, fast breakfast, and maybe that's a real important meal to you. During that time, you're going to get up early if you have to, and you're going to set that time aside to have that notebook, your Bible, and talk to God. So it's not just no food. It's about taking that time and replacing it with time with God. Okay, so you may get up and say, Lord, I dedicate this, uh, I do this, Holy Spirit, come during my Bible time, give me revelation of scripture, Holy Spirit, I invite you into my Bible time, and there's just, sometimes it's just boring Bible reading, you know, but I'm dedicating that day, that moment of time with the Holy Spirit, and you may be on day five, six, you may get to day 19, and like, there's no big breakthrough, it's okay, because 21, or maybe the day right after, God's going to come with a revelation in your heart. Why? Because you're disciplining your flesh to listen to God. And I think our mind and our flesh is so hard to control because it's so used to acting like a two-year-old child, doing whatever it wants, whatever feels good, right? It's painstaking to discipline that two-year-old mind and that behavior. But every time you get in the Word, you're disciplining that flesh, right? Every time you're getting in worship and maybe put on your worship music, you're disciplining that flesh. So take time. Maybe during that time, if you have your prayer language at this time, pray in the Holy Spirit for a minute. Like, set your watch. I can do it a whole minute, you know? Pray in the Holy Spirit for just a minute. I know sometimes I get up in the morning, I'm going to pray in the Holy Spirit the whole time I'm getting ready. And I start off really strong, and the next thing you know, I'm getting my coffee, and I forgot I'm even speaking in tongues, right? Because we just lose track of it. So I'm going to discipline my flesh, God. I'm going to take maybe five minutes by week two. I'm going to pray in the Holy Spirit for five minutes. Why? Because I'm stirring up the Holy Spirit. I'm stirring up the gift of God. I'm getting rid of confusion, and I'm getting rid of the oppression of the enemy, and I'm letting God become active in my day. Amen? And then I promise you, all of a sudden, you'll begin to hear what the Spirit has to say. While you're fasting, pay attention to your dreams. The Holy Spirit will speak to you during your dreams. 
In your journal, write that dream down. It may be small and significant. It doesn't matter. Take time to write that in the journal because after you reflect after your 21 days, the Lord can show you a pattern of what he's trying to show you. It may be something he wants to set you free from. It may be something that he wants you to forgive somebody of. See, this is a time of cleansing, not just your natural body, which is the best cleansing you can do for your system, isn't it, Pastor Paul? It resets your whole system when you physically get rid of the sugar and the carbs and all the stressors and all those things. You're resetting your whole body, but that's the same thing in the spirit. You're resetting in the spirit. You're going to come out like a warrior. Those things that would oppress you in the emotions, when you come out of that fast or during it, it's like you're Superman, you're Superwoman, you know? It's you're indestructible because your faith is so active because you know that you're doing your part to crucify your flesh, amen? So take that time. Listen to your dreams, right? Uh, we don't, with dreams, you don't make decisions by your dreams. Don't ever say, well, God told me I'm going to go to Africa because I dreamed I was in a safari. No. You don't make decisions on your dreams. You put them on the back burner. You write about them. You maybe ask the Holy Spirit, but you never direct your life by a dream because there's a lot of our own emotions that can be found in dreams too. And whatever in that dreams is meant to be, it'll come to pass. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to make decisions right now. Um, and then say, Lord, give me ears to hear what your spirit has to say. And you watch. Pay attention. The Holy Spirit will be speaking to you throughout the day. The rest of that of fasting means voluntary denial of food, right? It's voluntary. I'm denying this in my life. And it's a personal commitment. I have to say mine out loud. I have to be a personal accountability person to myself because I can talk myself right out of what I decided in my heart, like in a minute. <laughs> but if I write it down and I speak it out, I've now become accountable. I felt like the Holy Spirit actually heard it because I said it out loud. You know, because we, we can make a million excuses why we don't do what we really want to do. So we're going to commit to it. And don't go big. If this is your first fast or maybe your second one or whatever, do something small. That's victorious. God isn't looking for you to go with no food the whole 21 days to have a breakthrough. He's just looking for you to commit something to him. What's the one sacrifice that means so much to you? And if it's soda, then just commit that to God. Amen? And that's victorious. That's nothing to be ashamed of. That's really awesome because God knows that's going to be a sacrifice in your heart. Amen? Now, if you're an experienced faster, then you go all in and you know what you need to do. Amen? And then the last part of that fast is this, expression of intensity. So as you go into this fast and you're really crucifying yourself and you've got your assignment and you've got your prayers and you've got what you're believing God for, it's not a casual. It is an intensity. I'm going at the mat to get victory. I'm not just going to live every day 24-7. I'm waking up every day calling those things not which, as though they be. I'm declaring the word with intensity. I'm fighting the enemy with strong resistance, right? Resilience. Why? Because I'm going to go with intensity during this fast. Because my flesh is going to be the lowest and my spirit's going to be the highest while I'm fasting. And that's when you begin to take so much territory in your life. Every year, something supernatural happens in this church when we fast, as a corporate fast. Now, I'm sharing with you your individual fast, but we're, cor we're corporately um, fasting too for the church. And so things are going to break off in your life. Amen. There's going to be shackles broken, like the scripture said. There's going to be things that are going to happen as you fast. So we're going to do it with intensity. Amen. All right. So let's look at um, what to pray for when you're fasting. I'm going to give you four examples today, tonight, and you can add more to the list, but I'm going to give you four that you should be intentional about praying, okay? Number one, as you're fasting, invite the Holy Spirit in, right? We've talked about that. That is so key. 
should have it in bold letters in your notes. Invite the Holy Spirit to your fast, right? Every day, because the Holy Spirit is the presence of God here on earth. So it's his presence that what? Number one, we're going to pray, lead me into all truth. So while you're on your fast, you're like, God, show me the truth of your promises in your word. So maybe you're facing a situation of a bad health report, or your marriage is struggling, or maybe you have a perception that is so real to you in a situation, and it's your belief, and it's your, what you think is reality, and you're going to say, God, show me truth. And this is where you're willing to die to what you think it's about. And you're going to say, Holy Spirit, your scripture says you lead me into all truths. Then you show me the truth in this situation. Maybe God will show you the truth of someone's heart that wronged you. And you've been offended. And you've been angry. And you've been frustrated. And there's been disconnect in that relationship. But during your fast, you're going to say, God, lead me into all truth. The Lord may show you a revelation of that person's real heart. And maybe what really happened, which what now gives you a humility and a grace to now go make that relationship right. Amen? So we're, we're humbling ourselves. So the scripture verse I have is Psalms 139, verses 23 through 24. And it says this. I love this scripture verse. It's the NIV version. It says, search me. I don't know which one you have. I'll read it up here. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Now, who really knows the truth of our heart? God knows. So when you're fasting, search my heart, God. Is there unbelief in me? Is there disappointment in me? Is there fear on the inside of me? You're going to say during this fast, search my heart, oh God. Try me and know my anxieties. I think there's more. Is there more, sweetheart? And see, right? You're asking God to test you and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. So the scripture verse is saying, God, I give you permission to search my heart. And if there's anything that is wrong in me, you're going to lead me in the ways of truth. Amen? How many want the truth in your life? How many want to see the way of the word? I want to see the miracle. I want to see the breakthrough. I want to see what God has to say in this season. Remember two weeks ago, we talked about burning our uh, plows. We're burning it. Anything prior to this moment in time, burn it. It's not a time to look back and to hang on. Let it all go, amen? And fasting is the time that gives us that empowerment to do that. This is the time to truly let go, forgive, and love unconditionally or whatever it is in your life, amen? So search my heart, oh God. Holy Spirit, come in. Number two, search my heart and give me truth, God, amen? Number, number two, first one was lead me into all truth. Number two, convict me of sin. It says in John 16, verse 8, I love this scripture verse, it says, and remember that we want sin dealt with in our life, amen? We don't want secret sin anymore. We don't want to hide in that bondage and that shame and that captivity of sin. I Listen, as a pastor and pastors, we cannot convict you of sin. If I try to teach you or say, you know, you should get rid of that, you should get rid of that, now I've made you sin conscious, and now you become under the law because it's not my job to convict you of sin. My job is to lift up Jesus. He said, I'll draw all men unto me. That's our job. But it's the Holy Spirit's job to what? Convict you of sin. So put that scripture verse back up there, sweetheart. And when he has come, Jesus, 
He will what? Convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So this is where we say, God, if there's any sin in my heart that does not line up to the word of God, convict me. Why? Because I don't want to go into 2020 with the same behavior that I've had in my walk with Christ. I've been serving Jesus a long time, and I didn't have a preach. I didn't have to have a preacher from a pulpit tell me what I needed to stop doing. In my relationship with Christ, he troubled my heart for the things that troubled him. So you need to have the voice of the Holy Spirit say, convict me, God. If there's anger in you, Holy Spirit, convict me this year. I don't want to go into this next year with anger. If there's rebellion, convict me of rebellion. I don't want to go into 2020 with rebellion, amen? And only the Holy Spirit can know what's hiding in our heart that we are so good at pushing down and away. And allow this to be a cleansing time. Embrace this time. David said, when I sinned, I sinned unto you only, God. So don't worry about what any, nobody else is looking in your prayer closet. This is you and Jesus. This is you and Jesus, and you're just cleaning your heart out. You're cleaning your temple out, right? You're getting rid of all of the junk. You don't have to shout it from the mountaintops what's in there. It's between you and God. But this is the time to let him go in and dig all that garbage out. So convict me of sin. I've always said if I didn't have the Holy Spirit's conviction in my life, I would be very troubled. Because I don't want to live a walk with God that I don't ever feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Because that means that I'm not in tune with his presence. That means I'm away from his presence because he's always convicting us, right? He's always going to tell me when I'm wrong. I'm always open to allow the Holy Spirit to tell me when I'm wrong or off track in my life because that's his job. That's what he's called to do, amen? All right, number three, you're going to ask him to comfort comfort you with his presence. When you're in your time of worship, invite, like I said, invite the Holy Spirit. Allow him, allow him in to be the comforter of your heart. What have you been troubled with? What are you overwhelmed with? What's the anxieties of your life? Allow the Holy Spirit to be that comforter. I got a really uh, wonderful comforter um, for Christmas this year. My mom sent me one. It's a candy stripe one. And it's so cozy and wonderful. And I just wrapped myself in it. And I felt so cozy and safe. And I had my fireplace on. And I was just like, ah, like I could let go of everything. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. When he comes into that worship, when you invite him into wherever surrounding you're at in that moment, he'll be like that warm, cozy blanket. He's going to calm your troubled heart. He'll calm your fears. He'll calm your anxieties because why? He is the comforter, amen? John 14, 26 says this. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all the things that I've taught you. Got the right scripture verse for that one? I don't know, but that's a really good verse anyway. Holy Spirit teaching you all things, but we know the scripture says probably in a different translation that he is our comforter, amen? Is that John 16, 8? Did I read that one yet? Put that one up. I think that's the one, John 16, 8, because I want you to have the right scripture verses. I didn't give you that one. That's why, because that's the one. Write that down, John 16, 8. He's He's the comforter that will come to your heart, all right? All right, number four, quickly. You ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom, wisdom while you're fasting. What's so wonderful about wisdom, wisdom helps you make difficult decisions. 
Wisdom gives you an insight of the Holy Spirit that you were not taught or trained in. That's the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. So when God gives you wisdom, he'll put something in your spirit that just doesn't make sense in the natural. It's a word of wisdom. And that word of wisdom is like that situation. I remember when I was a young minister, I was just in my 20s, and I always prayed this prayer, Lord, give me wisdom beyond my youth. Give me wisdom beyond my youth. Give me wisdom beyond my youth. And I believe my whole walk with God, I walked in that wisdom beyond life experiences, beyond my education. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom. You'll you'll have things come out of your spirit that's the wisdom of God because the Holy Spirit will put that in your mouth, amen, which comes through the reading of the word of God. But James 1.5 says this, and why I believe I had wisdom in my walk with God is because I read this scripture verse and it just was revelation to me. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, how many of you lack wisdom in any area of your life? Right? We all do. There's areas where I don't have the insight. I don't understand. Let him ask of God. Simple. I don't have it. I'm going to ask for it. And what's God going to do? He's going to give to me liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So if you don't have wisdom during this fast, say, Lord, give me wisdom on how to be a helpmate. Give me wisdom on how to be a good parent. Give me wisdom on the job and in my corporation. If if you're running a company, God, give me wisdom in my company. Let me see something that I just can't see in the natural right now. Let me see in the spirit, amen. He says, I'm going to give it to you a lot. And that word reproach means I'm not a respecter of persons. So get that in your spirit. As you're in your fast, your flesh can say, well, that's going to come to a more spiritual person. That's going to come to Pastor Barr because you've been doing this a long time, right? I'm just an example. I'm not saying you're saying that, but you understand what I'm saying. You can eliminate you from the miracle because you think God has favorites. God does not have favorites. He said, I will give you wisdom, a lot of it, and I'm not a respecter of persons. I'm going to give it to you. Why? Why? Why, why am I going to get wisdom? Not a trick question. Because I ask. That's all you got to do. You need wisdom. God, I need wisdom in this situation. God says, I'm going to give it to you. It's yours. Amen. Reach out and grab the wisdom of God in every situation that you need. Amen. All right. Biblical fasting. All right. Let's go down here and let me give you some biblical exam- examples and purposes of fasting. Don't want to keep you too late. Number one, um, Jesus in uh, Luke 4, verse 1 and 2. I forget what point I put for that first one, sweetheart. What was the first one? I didn't write it down. I, listen, number one thing that will happen when you fast, it'll give you spiritual strength. Give you spiritual strength. When Jesus was about to be launched into the ministry, he went into a 40-day fasting. And in this verse in John, or Luke 4, 1 and 2, it says this. I didn't print them this time, so I, I just have to wait on you, sweet God. Luke 4, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they, when they had ended, he was what? Hungry. Jesus was hungry. He went on a 40-day fast, and he was hungry, and the devil tempted him during that 40-day fast. Listen, the enemy's going to come hard after you during this fast. But how did Jesus defeat the enemy? The word of God, it is written. And the enemy's going to bring a little truth 
to make look like what you're believing God for isn't going to happen by giving it a little twist of truth to it. And that's what he done in scripture. You can study it on your own if you're not familiar. So you have to rebut the enemy, what? With the word of God. With the word of God. And then with the word of God. And that's what Jesus did. Even though he was hungry, his flesh grew weak, he let the word of God defeat the enemy. And then what did Jesus do after the 40-day fast? He was launched into the ministry. He did his purpose and his calling. So when you're fasting, it's going to give you a spiritual strength that you didn't know you had. It's going to give you a resilience in the spirit. Amen? You'll gain spiritual strength. Number two, we'll give you this. It'll open up the will of God in your life. You're going to clearly understand the will of God. Where it may not be clear and you don't know what to do, you don't know what decision to make, when you give it to the Lord during fasting, he will show you. And the scripture verse is Nehemiah 1 verse 4. And we know, so it was when I heard these words, this was Nehemiah, that I sat down and wept. What was happening? His, the people have been dispersed. The walls of Jerusalem were torn down. There was no worship place for God. And he said the, he found out that they were being destroyed. And when he got that news, it says Nehemiah, when he heard it, he sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. What was Nehemiah doing? He was fasting for the will of God. He needed to know, do I leave the throne, he's, we know he was the cupbearer to the king. He had all the pleasures that the kingdom had to offer, and he heard the troubling sound to go rebuild the walls. But before he made the decision, he fasted and prayed to hear God. And this is where a lot of Christians miss the boat. We make decisions on our emotions. We either say, nope, that's not God. This life is cushiony. I'm not doing that. Or we may go, yeah, this has got to be God, and we jump all in, and we get completely out of the will of God. God gave us fasting as an ability to slow down, get the flesh out of the way, and hear what God has to say. I promise you, if you will fast on decisions that you need to make, you will make the right decision in the end. It's only when you make them too fast, you make the wrong decisions because you're making them in the emotions, amen? And so Nehemiah, he fasted and he wept and he was troubled about what he was hearing about the people. There's things you're troubled about in your life. There's things that you're wondering, God, where are you and what can I do? Fast over it and say, God, let me hear the assignment of what I'm supposed to do. Am I supposed to help? Am I not supposed to help, amen? And then he got the word of the Lord. God said, go, Nehemiah, I've called you to rebuild these walls. And we know he went with the word of the Lord. Listen, when you get a word from God while you're fasting and you know that you know it's God, no matter what opposition comes, nothing can stop you. Why? Because back here I heard from God. When I fasted, I know that I know I'm not in the flesh and the emotions. I heard from God. He had disappointment after disappointment. The enemy purposely tried to trouble them and stop the work of the Lord. You read it in Nehemiah. He had everything go wrong, but at the end, God prevailed. Amen? And because he heard from God, he encouraged the people, and he kept everything in motion, and he rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. So, uh, So when you want the will of God in your life, fast and pray over it. Amen? Number three, through fasting, God will break injustice in your life injustice. Maybe there's something in your life where you go, man, that's not fair. Somebody else got the promotion at my job and that should have been mine, right? It's an injustice. Something goes wrong that shouldn't have went wrong in your life because you're a child of the king. 
Everything was lined up. It was the will of God. There was an injustice that happened, right? Somebody betrayed you. Somebody walked out of your life. Somebody spoke against you. That's an injustice. So when you take it to prayer, God now can move on your behalf, prayer and fasting. So in Psalms 33, verse 13, I think that's the one. But as for me, when they were sick, my, clo- my clothing was sackcloth. This is David. I humbled myself with fasting, and my prayer would return to my own heart. What David was saying, when all the enemy was against me, I fasted and prayed for God to redeem me. And we know over and over, what did God do? God always redeemed David. God was always on David's side. So maybe there's an injustice. You need God to prevail in. The last point that I have on this particular one, um, things that you can believe God for, number four is fasting will break rebellion. So maybe it's rebellion in your own heart. Maybe there's rebellion in your children's lives or grandchildren or whatever it is, a rebellion, a rebellion against God in a situation. Fasting will break that. When Jonah, and we don't have time, uh, it's just a scripture verse where he fasted. You can put it up there, Jonah 3, 5. But when he was going to a rebellious nation, God called him. He didn't want to go. The first thing they did is they fasted and prayed to break the rebellious city. So you want to break rebellion? Start fasting and praying. And we know revival happened in the whole country of what had, gave their lives to Jesus Christ because God broke the, the power of rebellion. Amen? God will reverse the wicked plan of the enemy. And I, I don't know if I gave this to my sister, but God will reverse the power of the enemy. You know Mordecai and Esther, that whole story, too long to go into, but we know that Haman wanted to destroy the Jewish people. And what did, what did Esther do? Esther called prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. And if you read that story, you should revisit it while you're on your fast. This woman just followed God. She just said, God said, build a banquet. What? That's the wisdom of God. That don't make sense, God. Why should I build a banquet? God says, build a banquet and do it three days from now. See, she followed the wisdom of God, which didn't make sense. But if you read the story, God was setting up, setting up, setting up, setting up till we know what. Haman was destroyed on the same news he was trying to destroy Mordecai with. See, when God is in control, when you use the wisdom of God in a situation, he'll hang your enemy on a noose and make you come out victorious. So God will reverse the curse, amen, when you fully give it to the Lord. All right. There's another one about um, going into ministering elders, and I guess I can just kind of touch it briefly, but before they would place new elders in with the disciples, they didn't just pull names out of a hat and say, oh, he looks like a good person, you know, to put in leadership. They would take time and they would fast and pray over the men that was in front of them. And then as the Lord highlighted, they would say, those are the ones that are called to be the next elders. And as I studied this out, even tonight as I was going over my notes, I realized we do that in our church. Before we place anyone in leadership, we as a team, we talk about it. We pray about it. It's months before we just put anybody in position because we want to know. The Bible says, know those who labor among you. Amen. So we want to hear the Holy Spirit to make sure the church is safe and We're not putting unhealthy people in front of you. But as I was going over this tonight, I thought, man, that's how it should be with friends in our life. We should be so mindful with the people we fellowship with. It's one thing to go to the world and and give Jesus to them, and it's another thing to commune with people who are unhealthy for you, who are maybe negative and gossipers and complainers, and we need to be very wise with people that we have in our life. Amen? All right, so very quickly. Uh, wrong motives for fasting. Number one, wrong motives is to be seen by others, right? To be seen by others. 
That's the right motives, honey. Okay, wrong motives. To be seen by others. We want to make sure we're not religious like the Pharisees. Um, to be seen by man. I fast more than you all, right? <laughs> Don't walk around like you're on some spiritual cloud now and you're like, everybody should look at me because I've fasted two days, right? Fasting is not about being seen by others. You will never get the attention of God for that, amen? And Matthew 6, 18, you can study that on your own. Number two is you don't um, fast to be justified by God. You are justified by Christ. You are justified by the blood of Jesus, amen? You have been forgiven. You have been redeemed. All the promises of God are yes and amen. This is not like you do this and now you get a gold star. And we can feel that in our flesh because we're like, man, I did this. Woo-hoo. I got it. No, it makes you feel good. That's fine. But that does, that's not what it's about. You're already justified. You're already forgiven. The word of God, all those promises are for you already. It's just for you to get the flesh out of the way so that you can get your faith connected to him. Amen? Number three, it's not to be um, commended by God or approved by God. It's not for you to go, man, God must really love me now. God must really care about me now, right? I'm so special in the eyes of God because I'm fasting. No, you're his kid and you're special already, right? You're special no matter what. He loves you unconditionally. And that scripture verse is 1 Corinthians 8, 8. All right, number, uh, really quick, the right motives for fasting. I'm going to share some right motives. This is awesome. Number one, we've talked about some of these things. Repentance. I need some repentance in my life, God. I want true repentance. Trouble my heart for the things that trouble you, God. Right? God, trouble my heart. Things that I know I need to get out of the way, I give them to you. Number two, spiritual strength. Number three, I'm going to break the power of the enemy's control over my life, my mind, my body, my family. Maybe you're on this merry-go-round. You can't get off. It's a generational thing. This fasting is going to break that, amen? Um, you're going to awaken the spiritual hunger. You're going to get on fire for God. You're going to get hungry for the presence of God. You're going to want to lay hands on the sick and see him recover. You're going to want to share the gospel. Like I'm telling you, your spiritual hunger is going to come so alive during this fast. You're going to be so awakened and on fire for what God wants. And that's awesome, and that's why we do this is to bring that remembrance back to us. And then last thing is to see what desires control us. God, what desires are controlling in in my life that's not you? I want to give those to you, God. It's all about getting us out of the way, amen? All right, very quickly. Different types of fast. We talked about this uh, briefly at the beginning, but number one is the partial fast. You know, it's just those little things, maybe um, one meal, one soda, whatever. We talked pretty extensively about that. The other fast, which I don't encourage you to do if you're not an experienced faster, is a 40-day, no food, no water, no nothing. We saw that in the scripture. That's a supernatural fast. But just don't do that one. It's not safe if you don't know what you're doing. Amen. I had a pastor friend who did a 40-day fast, no food, no water, nothing. Um, The day he broke his fast, he drank a a can of Coke, and he died immediately. Went into cardiac arrest and died. Because your body has functioning purposes. So you just have to be so careful, okay? Use wisdom in what you're doing, okay? Um, and then there's the complete fast, which is just with ju- water and juices and stuff with no food. Something I added to the list, and I've never done this before when we've talked about our corporate fast, but I want you to fast negative thinking. Be aware of the negative thoughts because those are the things that are going to destroy what God is building up. And you're going to be shocked. Listen, I think there's a book out there, uh, a pastor in Chicago. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name right now. I can't. I'll post it when I remember. A good friend of mine in Chicago. Uh, no, a uh, tall guy, uh, Mark, uh, 
Tim and Amy's family went there. Ah. Anyway, I can't remember. I'll post it. But um, he has a whole book on fasting your thoughts because they're so powerful. We don't even realize the negativity, all the negative and the bad and maybe the gossipy, the critical, the judgmental, all those things that we're being active in our mind. We just don't even. So when you're conscious, you're going to see how much negative thoughts really come through our mind. So fast our negative thoughts. Amen? All right. I think I got all that. Before the fast, make sure right now you're getting ready. Drink plenty of water. Start adding some healthy things to your diet before January 2nd comes. Start maybe eliminating some of the yucky stuff to get you prepared before it happens. Amen? And then the last thing is when you're during the fast, we've talked about that, keeping a journal, hearing from God, drink water. Um, Pastor Paul's going to be posting a lot of stuff. We have a curriculum we're going to... Um, Packets available on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Recipes, all kinds of stuff, yeah. And if you have medical concerns, you know, call your doctor. That's the most important. If you start feeling a certain way, contact your doctor. Don't, no, I'm doing it for Jesus. No, don't do it for Jesus. Call your doctor, amen. Use some wisdom. Remember, we're praying for wisdom. And then um, the first three days, if you're fasting like a good chunk of a meal or, or sweets or something, just be prepared to detox. It's a natural response of the body. You're going to feel tired. You'll feel sluggish. You may feel foggy brain, and that's just part of it. So just push through those three days. And then by the fourth day, you're just going to feel a little peak of energy, and your body will just begin to heal itself and give all your digestive a, a break and a rest, and you're going to come out feeling so good. And then when you end a fast, remember you end it slowly. Have little soups, researching on the Internet how to come off of a fast. Light little things. Don't go for, you know, pizza, Grimaldi's, and Oreo cookies like I would want to do. Don't have a big celebration and a pig feast, you know. Take it slowly and just kind of wean. Take two or three days to wean out of your fast, and depending on how aggressive your fast was. Amen? All right. You guys excited about the fast? I'm so excited. I just got my faith out there. I've already been in my prayer journal, as you know, and just believing God big, big, big time for this coming year. Year of miracles. Amen? Year of ridiculous miracles, what God's going to do. So let's go ahead, stand to your feet. We're going to close in prayer tonight and let you get out of here. Father, I thank you for this awesome, awesome church, God. I thank you for what you are doing in the spirit. And Lord, we just dedicate this new year, God, as we come together next Thursday night with this prophetic word and what you're doing through the move of the Holy Spirit, God. We just commit this fast to you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you challenge every one of us to take part in some small way. Lord, no guilt, no condemnation, but Lord, let us take part and Lord, really lay aside our flesh, Father God, and lay aside this last few years and whatever we've drunk it, brought into it this year, God. We just give it all to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, give us ears to hear what your spirit has to say. Give us grace, grace to complete the fast and do what you called us to do. Let us see the fruition of all our hearts, desires, and dreams, and all your plans, Father God. And I want to make sure before I dismiss tonight, I think I know everybody, but just in case, I want to make sure everyone has the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Amen. He says, if you confess your heart, your sins before me, I'll confess you before my Father. Confess me with your mouth and believe in your heart. You will be saved. So I'm going to have all of us say this prayer together tonight out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. And Father God, 
Give me grace, grace to complete my fast. I'm believing you for incredible miracles. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a praise tonight. Thank you for coming out Thursday night after Christmas. You guys are the diehards of the church. Anyway, I love you all so much. We'll see you Sunday.